Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. Welcome back, chaps. So today, I want to hear about your worst Linux cock-up and what you learned from it. Gary, what's your worst ever Linux cock-up? I think for me, it's been being a bit too gung-ho at putting stuff into production and not testing it. So <laughs> I mentioned before that my biggest Linux success was putting in HAProxy, a previous employer, but that's also my biggest Linux balls up. <laughs> <laughs> so what I didn't mention in that show is that in my want as a young IT professional to prove myself and prove Linux, I had put in this HAProxy load balancing, put it into dev, everything was great, no one noticed but when i came to put it into prod i hadn't really realized how stateful one of our login applications was so i'd put this ha proxy cluster into production and about 2 a.m every morning we had a bunch of users in australia who would complain that they were getting 5xx errors from our login system and it seemed to be about 2 a.m every day and we, as the infrastructure team, kind of said, no, it can't be anything to do with this load balancing. We've had load balancing for years. Definitely the developer's <laughs> fault. Because it's always the developer's fault, right? Particularly when they're .NET C-sharp developers. <laughs> sure it wasn't a DNS problem? It wasn't DNS, no. <laughs> it was definitely the developer's fault. And this went on for a period of about three or four weeks, where you know, every day between 2 and 2.30 a.m., bunch of angry, angry Australian people getting hold of us or getting hold of whoever was on call saying, we can't log into this application. And someone would go and restart the application pools on these IIS servers and all would be good. It really, it turned out that what I needed to do was put in some session cookies so that people's sessions stuck to whichever particular web server was handling their login request and everything was fine. So really, I think my biggest Linux balls up has been just not testing stuff and wanting to prove Linux's worth a little bit too much. Why did it happen at specifically 2 a.m.? It turned out that that's also when on one of the two servers that was hosting the login application, the IIS application pool did a recycle. <laughs> so people didn't have a sticky session on that server. The application pool recycled. The health check failed. It pushed their login session onto the other server and the .NET machine key didn't match whatever, I don't know, some horrible IIS stuff. But yeah, it was just me not testing it properly and being too gung-ho to put it into production really that break it. I can't really blame IIS or the .NET developers too much. What did you learn from all this then? I think I learned that sometimes it's really worth taking things slow, validating stuff, testing things, and not being too eager to prove that you can do something or prove that Linux can do something. Sometimes it's really worth just taking a step back, thinking about what the requirements really are for a project you're doing and making sure that whatever you do is the best fit for that. Now, I think in this particular situation, it couldn't have been avoided because this was you know, some legacy application that no one had maintained in 10 years. But I think for me, it was really just be slow and be patient and make sure that what you're doing isn't going to have an impact all right, Dalton, I bet you've never made any mistakes ever. Have you heard of a little directory called slash USR slash bin? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, 
Have you ever deleted it on an entire fleet of client devices? Oh, I thought you were going to say on your machine for a second there. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. How many are we talking, Dalton? Okay, so Ubuntu Touch, right? <laughs> oh, no. This is getting juicy. <laughs> Ubuntu Touch, uh, when it was gifted to us by Canonical, had an update system, and still does, called System Image. System Image is an ingenious process of breaking down a... Debian system and overlays on top of it into a bunch of tarballs that are then installed one after the other to create a fairly robust and almost always the same final result. There is a delta system inside of system image where the server checks for each tarball in a series. It'll check each one against its last version and then do any additions or removals as required there. When these are applied, they are applied in order. So, for example, if I added a file in 1 and took it back out in 2 and put it back in in 3, all of those steps would happen. Now consider you have removed a directory in 3 that should exist in 1 and 2, and you apply that in order. And what we ended up with was, okay, install Ubuntu Touch, install all the keys and stuff to it from the server, and then delete user bin <laughs> on all Nexus 5 models in a certain release channel. But the good news is there was no one actually using it in production. Listen here. As a daily driver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Presumably you found out how many users you had that day. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't happy. Um, the big thing that we learned from that event was, of course, uh, an important part of how system image and I suppose declarative software deployment in general works, that if you say in step three, delete this, it doesn't matter what you said in step one and two, it's going to be deleted. And we learned a lot about, um, well, now we drop files into folders that we're about to delete so that the entire folder doesn't get deleted, just the files that we wanted to get deleted. It's an intersection of so many different pieces of technology <laughs> that to see it coming would have been oracle in nature well i've got a couple one of them isn't linux related but uh this was way back before i even got into linux and i used to back everything up to dvds so as soon as my uh i was going to say home directory but no it was my documents as soon as that got to about 4.7 gigs i'd back it up because i had so little space and anyway i had a load of backups and um I decided to reinstall Windows as I did every sort of few months because I'd just break it. And it was like one of those times where, you know, like you put your keys down somewhere and you think, I bet I'm going to forget them there. And then you forget them. <laughs> it was that same thing. I was like, I bet I'm going to accidentally delete the wrong partition on the wrong disk. And sure enough, I deleted my enormous 200 gigabyte disk partition and as soon as I did it, I just knew what I'd done. I was like, ah, oh, I cannot believe I've just done that. But I had all my DVD backups, so it was fine. And I learned that day that it was worth spending all that time backing stuff up. And that sort of relates, in a way, to my Linux-based one. And that was with a cloud provider, where I had this VPS that just had a ton of websites on it. And it was, I mean, they talk about duct tape and string. That doesn't even begin to describe how badly put together this thing was. And uh, it was running, I don't know, 16.04 or 14.04, I can't remember. I needed to upgrade from LTS to LTS anyway. So I just did it. It was just running live. 
I just thought, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is, for some reason, one of those LTS to LTSs removed PHP. Oh. It just pulled PHP out. That's what I learned subsequently. But at the time, it was like, right, I've done the upgrade, I've rebooted, now the websites just don't work. And it was just panic stations, like, what am I going to do? This is production, like, oh, I just, what, what, And then I was like, right, okay, I've got backups enabled, so let me restore it. So, right, okay, right, that's it for today. It can stay on that old LTS for a while. And then what I realized was, why didn't I take a snapshot, create another VM with it, and update that first, and do the DNS hack with my host's file, and test that it was all working under the, the new LTS, and then just point the domains at that VM instead. So what I learned was, the cloud has some advantages over physical hardware, bloody well use those advantages <laughs> and, and don't just upgrade stuff that's running. You don't have to. And it, not even the cloud. It, this could be VMs that are on-prem as well. Take a snapshot of it and work on that snapshot and make your mistakes there and learn when you don't have the pressure of my website is down and people can't download my podcast. A beautiful tip from the DevOps of 2015. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Half admin says don't fuck with prod. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, this was when I was very first getting into any sort of Linux that didn't have a desktop. I just hadn't got my head around those concepts yet. But what if you did that? but to a Debian server running 32-bit Debian onto a release that doesn't actually support it. Oh, have you done that? I sure have. (laughs) I held back the kernel. Uh, It's basically the long and short of it. Don't do that. But it's still (laughs) running to this day. I don't think it's rebooted in like four years. Oh. I don't work there anymore, needless to say. (laughs) (laughs) It was unrelated to that, though. The fact that it's still running is more of an amazing thing than a uh, worth-firing thing. So similar to what Gary said about rushing in, that's where the two biggest times that I can think of have happened very early on when I was messing about with flashing OpenWRT on like cheap toy plastic routers. The main gateway for my house was a TP-Link Archer C7. I'm sorry. But the connection was shit, so it didn't matter. Um, and it it was a great way to get loads of extra features, including VLANs, which I was trying to learn at the time. So subsequently, the interface has become a bit more advanced and a bit more like Cisco stuff or anything else enterprisey. If you use the GUI and go for a setting and click apply, it applies the settings and then it gives you 30 seconds and then it will roll back to the previous configuration. Unfortunately, I issued a configuration change for all of the wired ethernet ports and wi-fi was disabled by the way for a vlan that was misconfigured so i couldn't connect to anything and this was the main gateway router in our house and i decided to do this at 11 p.m after my wife had gone to bed when we're working from home so i then had to learn how to spin up a tftp server on my laptop put the router into recovery mode to connect to that in a small window of time that you have by reaching out (laughs) to the server and then reflash everything and i did have a backup of the configuration but i'd never done that before and i basically didn't sleep the entire night because (laughs) i knew i would be in massive trouble (laughs) if i didn't get this fixed and yeah basically i'd assigned every single ethernet port to 
a configuration that wouldn't give me any kind of way to communicate with the router <laughs> once I'd clicked apply. So I learned a lot about VLANs and what the difference between a tagged and untagged port was and all sorts of things like that, but probably not the way I would have wanted to have learned it. And I could have, as you've said, used some kind of staging VM or just another router. And in fact, now I try to have a hot swap router in case I do something like that Whoa. and I mess up. I can just quickly swap one in and just have that while I fix everything. But similar was when I decided, oh, you can put Linux on Chromebooks now. Why don't I get my wife's Chromebook, which is her daily work driver, when she's gone to bed again, about 11 o'clock at night, and see if I can get Linux running on it. So I flashed the dual boot firmware rather than just completely wiping off Chrome OS with the EFI BIOS and loaded it. And there was no sound, went to GitHub, saw an issue, and saw some people had had moderate success using Alsa Mixer. So I was like, okay, what, what could go wrong? Brought up a terminal, brought up Alsa Mixer, and just randomly went along the line, enabling <laughs> inputs and outputs. <laughs> Created an infinite loop of some kind of input to output. A very loud, like, foots fizzy static sound went across the speakers, an audible pop, blue smoke emerged from the bottom of the laptop. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, and there was no sound whatsoever. I completely burnt out the speakers. So first of all, I had to explain what I'd done. Um, and luckily, I got a pair of speakers that were compatible on eBay and flipped them in relatively quickly. But obviously, they weren't there there and then. This is why I always have lots of laptops lying around the house that I could then give her something else that she could work on. What you learned was have a pile of laptops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. But um, I definitely learned from that because I just naively thought, oh, what could go wrong just messing about with a bit of sound config? You enable a device and it either enables or it doesn't, but no, 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 no. You can definitely cause some serious damage. Yeah, those Brasswell Chromebooks were awful. I remember doing a pretty similar thing to, it's actually sat beside me, it was my grandmother's. I put Gallium OS on it and I felt the speakers. There, there wasn't any noise or anything, but I felt the speaker and it's like, hmm, that's a little warm. And the speakers don't work to this day. So those are probably linked to Gary. I think the thing is, it would have been fine if it was a beta laptop, it was a spare router, I put it into what at the time was my production for both things and just steamed on through and then was like, oh no, I've broken it and I've got no alternative but to fix it as soon as possible. Well, that's very much like my story, really, about the cloud stuff. I did it with production and, you know, whether that's hardware or software or both, you know, just don't do that. It's the lesson. But it did make me think of a very famous Samuel Beckett quote, which always comes up in these situations because it's again, like Gary said, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. And that's what I've taken away the most is that you should fail in a sandbox. That's definitely a lesson learned. But the best way to learn things is to get yourself into a corner you have to get back out of, I think, as well. Mm, that's true. That's definitely true. Right. I certainly wouldn't say that I wouldn't want to have these experiences, uh, just that it would have been nice if they were lower stakes, but then I wouldn't have learned as much. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree. 
of all of the mistakes I've made in my career, and there have been many, I think the way I look at it is as long as there is something to learn from the thing that I've messed up, and as long as I'm honest in the fact that I've messed up, then it's absolutely fine. And it's something I've banged the drum a lot about internally at work when I've spoken to junior engineers and stuff is that just be honest about when you've messed something up. There is nothing better than when I see a business do a really good post-mortem on an outage and they are completely honest. They give every single piece of information and they tell you exactly what they're going to do to fix it. There was a GitLab one a few years ago where they were literally live streaming the engineers fixing the outage that they caused. And I think things like that don't only help the engineer learn, but they just help everyone learn. And as a community, we grow. Oh, man. When Matrix had their uh, security incident a while ago and they put through every single thing, simple solutions to how they are going to improve in the future, I implemented basically all of those in my production. I love that. Don't love what led to it, but I love having it. Well, we'd better wrap it up then, but do let us know your worst Linux cock-up and what you learned from it. You can email us show at linuxafterdark.net. But we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris. I've been Gary. RM Tech RF slash. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs>